there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Mark Guidi. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! 48 hours away from... Are you okay with those headphones, Mark? Uh, 48 hours away from what Rangers hope will be another special European Thursday. It could be a special Tuesday for us unless we get these headphones sorted out shortly. It's RB Leipzig in Germany in the Europa League semi-finals for Rangers. They're already in the Scottish Cup final. Could they be heading for Seville, Craig Moore, and two cup finals in the space of four days? Well, how... Potentially how quickly football can change. You know, you're talking about a week ago leading into those tough matches. Rangers have managed to come through um, and have got a wonderful opportunity. Um, so at this stage, the games are coming thick and fast, Rob, but a great opportunity for Rangers in Europe to try and get to a final, which would be a, a, a huge achievement. Right, so you're not going to answer my question then, are you? You're just going to say it could happen. It's a date in the diary, potentially. Of course it could happen and it could not happen. <laughs> Look, I, th- I think... The, we have got two hours yeah, to answer it, to be honest. Like, like, like the, the, the the last round, as long as they come back to Ibrox with a chance, yeah. um, then I, I think they've got every chance of getting to the final, yes. Thank you. There you got go. there in the end. Uh, Celtic had one or two nervous moments in Dingwall on Sunday, but they got the job done against Ross County and they kept their six-point lead with Rangers winning at Motherwell on Saturday. So it's six points, maybe you call it seven points with a goal difference. With four games to go, Mark Guidi, are we completely counting Rangers out now? Was, was that last weekend the last chance to maybe chip away at the margin? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing, I wouldn't say it's a maybe... A, a, a seven point difference uh, Rob it is given the goal difference it's clearly uh, seven points with four games to go yeah I think um, Rangers focus will be on the two Thursday nights listen they'll, they'll, they'll not want to get into an old firm game with, with you know a, a weakened team or, or anything like that but had Celtic dropped any points at Dingo I think Rangers would have been more focused on Sunday because they could see a chance to really put pressure on Celtic but now um, as I was saying I think Celtic will win there five games after the splits, one down, there's four to go. Um, but for, for Celtic, that was a, a big win on Sunday. I thought they were always comfortable. I mean, Ross County had two or three minutes where they, they, they did a couple of corners, but apart from that, Joe Hart um, hardly touched the ball. So it was a professional job done um, by Celtic. And what a leap by Kyogo yeah. for the goal. I mean, a lovely yeah. delivery, but his leap and then the power and the accuracy mm. of the header, it was an absolutely... Uh, fabulous uh, goal so yeah it's looking good for Celtic and for Rangers absolutely massive Thursday night I think the key to the whole tie is exactly what Craig said they need to keep it alive on Thursday night and even if it's, if it's a defeat a bragger type defeat a 1-0 or a 2-1 which I think Rangers are, are capable again of getting a 1-each they're very good away from home and certainly as they proved in, in Germany against Dortmund but you don't want to come away with a sore one so it's just about you know being clever about it um, being cautious defending with your lives and whoever he goes for is a number nine 
when the ball gets up the park keep a hold of it let the other boys get their breath back let them reshape and then go and try and try and hit them what do these two European semi-finals Craig do either side of the old firm game for Rangers oh, well apart from the obvious and it does take a lot of energy um, out of the players um, you know but does it affect how Rangers will approach is it the, the old firm game? I mean, you know... I just think, Rob, at this stage of the season, every game that Rangers are involved in um, is, is, a, is a massive game. Um, you know, for me, Celtic have won the title, but at the same time, you're not going to have Rangers say that the title's over. So there's, there's still, um, you know, a lot that needs to be put into those matches. Okay, Giovanni might shuffle the pack a little bit, and what he needs when he, when he does do that is the, the performances like, you know, Wright and Sakala come in and, and, and they performed. And, and, and that's what you need. But where is the focus truly going to lie? It's a, it's a difficult one. You know, you're not going to have the manager of Rangers saying, well, we're not, not really going to um, go too hard on the, on the league at this moment in time because our focus is a European one. And then you potentially take us all one and you've exactly. you got egg mm. on your face. Yeah. And how do you take your foot off the pedal in a Rangers Celtic game, it's you can't. It doesn't mi- happen. Nah, it's a hundred miles an hour. I think no, no matter what game uh, for Rangers remains. Well, we know the games actually that remain from throughout the season, but it'll just be full tilt and they get a rest at the end of the season. Mm. But it could <laughs> yeah. be it could be a factor, couldn't it? Let, let's let's imagine that Rangers do get the result they're after this Thursday, mm-hmm. and it is alive, and and their chances of making European final are still very, still very much alive. What do you do well, with your team lineup? For the Celtic game, bearing in mind that you're not going to win the league, mm-hmm. but you could get to European final. Well, first and foremost, as the old cliche, the next game is the most important. And that is very true about Thursday night. So the focus will be on Thursday, just as it was in the home leg against Braga. It was full concentration in that. And then in the Friday morning, they switched on to the Scottish Cup semi-final and they get a day and a half prep. But they got it right because you see the work that was put in it, particularly with Bassi and the way they that the Rangers coaching staff and Giovanni had identified Rodgers as a major problem and they came up with a plan to deal with him, which worked. So it'll all be on Thursday. He will pick his strongest team to give him the best possible chance of getting a result on Thursday. Friday morning, he'll then assess the squad. Now let's just say, you would imagine the engine room of the team on Thursday night is going to be really busy. They're going to be shattered come full time. Whether that's Steve Davis, Ryan Jack, John Lundstrom, Glenn Kamara, whoever he goes for. Mm-hmm. So what I could see is perhaps him picking his strongest team on Thursday with his two holders, whoever he thinks is best. Off the top of my head, let's say it's Lundstrom and Ryan Jack, right? I would then think come Sunday, he might be tempted to go Davis and Kamara. Mm -hmm. Something like that. But it wouldn't be dramatic changes. McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, probably Bassey, um, Ryan Kent, I think they all pick themselves. And actually, how he goes about the number nine on Thursday night and then the number nine on Sunday too because what Giovanni was thinking if it doesn't go to plan on Thursday night oh my god we're now going to Parkhead can't afford a sore one at Parkhead you lose a game on Sunday that's it Celtic won the title yeah. so there's a lot to weigh up but first and foremost just as a manager without the Ecclesi all the focus will purely be on Thursday Rob the Celtic game will not have entered their heads at the no. everything will be about Thursday because they're 180 yeah. minutes away from a European final and let's be honest if we ask anybody What's what is more realistic, Rangers beating Leipzig or Rangers winning the title? For me, it's beating Leipzig. Mm-hmm. Winning uh, the title, I don't think is in the equation. It's gone. Yeah, Leipzig. I don't know what's what's the, what would you say 50, 50, Leipzig sixty forty favourites. I don't know what way you would look at it. Yeah, I'm no, not really no, sure, but no, it's no, fairly no, tight. No, they would be slightly favourites. Yeah. So I would agree with you there. So, yeah. but more realistic chance mm-hmm. of beating Leipzig over two legs than there is of winning the league. 
Yep. No, I, I hear exactly what you're saying about, you know, you tackle what's immediately in front of you and it's Thursday. And Thursday's massive because yep. you can lay the foundations in Germany for reaching the final if you get the right the right sort of result. What's kind of intriguing me at the moment is how you deal with the the Rangers-Celtic game in between the two semi-finals on the basis that Rangers are still going to be in the tie and, and you would imagine they will still be in the tie. Yeah. So going, mm. going into an old firm game that's just a few days away from a massive game at Ibrox which can take you to your first European final for 14 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what, mm. what do you, what, how do you treat that game? Do you, you, do you treat it any differently than you would normally treat it? And I, I realise that, that I'm jumping ahead here because mm. all thoughts at the moment are on Thursday. I don't think you can treat it any differently uh, in terms of the, we know the size of the game. We know the rivalry. We know what it means to the supporters. Do you run yeah. the risk, though, of piling too much energy into next Sunday yeah. uh, at the expense of what you're going to have yeah. to th- go with on the following Thursday? I think I think Mark raises a really good point, and I know people get a little bit bored of it in terms of, like, Thursday will take care of itself and Giovanni will select the strongest side, Rob. There's no doubt about that. Um then come come Sunday, he will again pick the, the strongest squad available to him. You know, because you still then got to get through a game. You've got yeah. players that are going to pull up. You could be playing a lot of football, Rob, but you pull up Friday morning and say, by the way, Gaffer, I feel amazing. I feel amazing. And like, so you know what I mean? I just still think that he will always angle towards who um, feels physically ready to be able to, um, to, to roll out with the, the, the schedule. Of course, there might be a tinker in the odd position or two mm-hmm. um, to be able to try and maybe protect a, a player for uh, the return leg. Yeah. But uh, look, I mean, that's what, that's why Giovanni gets paid the big dollars, eh? mm. yeah, because they're, they're, they're big decisions to be made, I, I think, uh, in terms of integrity of competition and the, mm. the old firm, you know? Like, yeah, well, they're never going to give it away, no, obviously. You know, obviously. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those ones. It's a really intriguing mm-hmm. um, you're right that's a good word Rob I think it's uh, it's really um, interesting to see exactly how it's going to play out the next uh, three or four days what, yeah. what I think will happen is Giovanni will pick a team on Thursday night purely based on Thursday night yeah. when it comes to Sunday I think he'll pick a team on Sunday with a little bit of an eye on the return leg that's yeah. the way I'll think it, that, that's the way mm. and again you know, you'll prioritise the two, unless Rangers come away on Thursday night and and it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're absolutely out of it, yeah. which I don't think is going to happen. And therefore, you think, right, okay, we might not still, but it's unlikely we're going to win the league, but we can't afford to lose at Celtic mm-hmm. Park. Now, if you say to Rangers fans now or to Giovanni now, you sacrifice Sunday, but you're getting through to the Europa League final. It's a no brainer. You yeah. do it all day long. So, but you need to wait and see. There's so many different mm-hmm. things going on. But the good thing, for Rangers, they've got a European semi-final coming up, which doesn't happen often. Let's but last time it happened was two thousand eight, and across the city at Celtic, the chat there is go and beat Rangers, and we win the title on our own patch in front of sixty thousand fans. So, lots yeah. to play for in the next few days for for both clubs. Yeah, and the, the the most immediate decision for him to make is about Thursday and how he counters uh, the absence of this time not just Morelos but Roof as well. Um, I mean, there, there's a there's a real issue with what he does at, in that number nine position. He played fashion Sakala yeah. uh, previously, eventually replaced by Roof mm-hmm. uh, in the last mm-hmm. round, yeah. uh, and Sakala just didn't work, did he? Through the middle? No, it didn't. Um, I think the one thing though that Sakala offers Rob is pace, uh, and 
and, and therefore the ability, to, I think, to stretch teams defensively and to make those runs in behind. Um, that That is a threat at any level if you've got pace. So um, Sakala is probably the the most likely option and unless we, we start, I don't want to get too clever for, for the listeners, but, you know, like that, that false nine, that someone that sits a little bit deeper uh, and our field, uh, a Ramsey, uh, but Ram, Ramsey's also he's out, he's out, he's yeah, out but yeah, he, 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 he could, he could yeah. play that false nine, you know. I mean, Man City, Man City play it, so and not an out and out striker. Rob. Mm. Um, that yeah. that potentially could happen, especially away from home, mm. you know, because again, Mark touched on it. Rangers need to be well organised. They need to be nice and compact. So therefore, it could potentially be, you know, someone like Scotty Arfield who who, who mm-hmm. did it at the weekend uh, in that that kind of false nine position, but it just keeps the team nice and compact. But the important thing is that when you do get your opportunities, and you will, is that there's enough support and enough options in terms of that that transition when you go forward. Otherwise, it turns out to be a really, really long night and just waves of attack, waves of attack. Rangers can't afford to go with that game plan. But you would think, um, based on what Rangers have done in Europe already this season uh, and uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst's decision-making, um, I mean, he, he's proved very adaptable, hasn't he, in, in lots of different situations. And as you say, Mark, if, if Rangers can dig in and get this result, there, there seems to be a reasonable likelihood that, that Ramsey and Roof could be available for Ibrox. So if you can get that result, which might be a draw, or it might even be a narrow defeat in Germany this week, there's still every chance that Rangers can do what they've done recently and turn it around at Ibrox. Well, I mean, one thing you know, when, when Rangers get back to Ibrox, you've got 50,000 Rangers supporters. So that, you know, again, people know it's an old cliche, but it does make it, or it should make a, a difference. It should be a positive. Um, so yeah, it, it's just about keeping the tie alive. And if you've got Kimar Roof back, I mean, I think if you had the choice between Kimar Roof and Aaron Ramsey, I'd go for the return leg. I'd go for Kimar Roof all day mm, long yeah. for that number nine. Yeah. He's got that presence. He, you know, it's a, it, first of all, you feel, you feel sorry for him. Such a blow. He's just finding a rhythm. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I don't know if it's his calf or whatever it is again, but you know, he's he's out. And it's a blow for Rangers because I don't think Eaton didn't get on at all on Saturday, did he? At part, or did I he? think he did. did he, he, came on? he came on late in the day, but yeah. I, I'm not sure he's See, an option. I, I, exactly, but I, I thought he should be. If if, if, if he was, that he'd have given him a right proper run yeah, on Saturday yeah, yeah. for part to get him and just to get some minutes, yeah, clear the cobwebs. He's not. But to get back to it, Rangers are going to Germany. Last time they were there, they won four two against Borussia Dortmund, which was an outstanding result. Nobody could see that coming for sure. Okay, they had Morelos that night. Kent played out of his skin. Giovanni was good tactically, and then the return leg as well. And that's where you're right, Rob. He's adaptable. You know, they've got a plan B and he'll quickly go to plan B if need be. One thing, just doing a wee bit of homework on, on Leipzig, um, supposedly very similar to Dortmund in terms of their style of play and the word seems to be press them high. They want to play out from the back. They'll take those chances we all kind of teams do now go and try and nick the ball. Yeah. So maybe that's where Sakala's pace comes in, buzzing around. Mm. Um, I'm not so sure. that That's going to be the most interesting decision for me how he goes about the number nine, whether it's a proper number nine yeah. or just takes it a false one. I tend to think because of the options available, he'll go for a false nine. Yeah. What, what have I told you about doing your homework? Well yeah. done. Good <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I was actually doing a little bit as well. Leipzig have lost only twice in 2022. Once was at the weekend there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one was against Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they haven't been beaten since the turn of the year. They are pretty much the form. I know they're yeah. fourth, German in, Cup fourth in the well. table. Yeah, yeah, they're in the German Cup final. So there's that parallel with Rangers uh, as well. 
Um, but their spending power is scary. Scary, scary. Uh, I, I, I just digging a little bit there, Rob, as well. We well, doing some homework as well. And, and the result that they just they, they, yeah, that they just far too busy. <laughs> they just got turned over. Two late goals. Two late goals. Are they tired? They've also played a lot of games this season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's we're, we're talking about Rangers in, t- in terms of their schedule. The other team going through probably the exact same thing. Might have a little bit more money in terms of what they've tried to do with their squad, Rob, as mm. you touch on. Um, you know, Red Bull, obviously, uh, very powerful. Is it conglomerate? Was that the word that we went through earlier? In that terms was, of the, uh, I, New, I was New, impressed with that. Uh, Beautifully yeah, pronounced. Yeah, yeah. In New York we didn't know what it meant, but we were <laughs> just impressed with your pronunciation. New York um, in Austria as well. So, look, the, the, the power is there in Leipzig of now. They've got a, they've got a model that um, is an exciting model, exciting brand of football. They'll be, they'll be right at it. I mean, but this is just for me, semi-final, great opportunity for both teams. And Leipzig are probably slight favourites, as you said, yeah. Mark. Yeah, I mean, I see that for the right good 2022, you know, you see the quality of the opposition, or sorry, the quality uh, in the Bundesliga. And normally, I would be a wee bit scared for the first leg over to Germany against a team in that kind of form. But what will give Rangers hope? They're touching back down in a country where they're beating Dortmund four-two in, in their own backyard. That's got to fill Rangers. We yeah, I, I get it. When the whistle blows, it counts for nothing. I get all that, but. In terms of your prep, in terms of your psychology, your mentality, Rangers can go there believing they can pull something out of the bag. And let us say, see if it's a two. Right now, I would take a two-one or a one-nil defeat all day long. I would take a one-nil defeat. Yeah. Or sorry, a one-goal deficit mm-hmm. yeah. all day long. Now, yeah, yeah. All day long and get it back to Ibrox and, and go from there. Okay, we'll maybe get the two of you to sketch out your uh, Rangers team uh, before we're finished. Uh, your Rangers eleven for Thursday night. We'll get you to sketch out your um, team of the season as well between now and seven o'clock. Uh, PFA Scotland announced their eleven uh, today, which was Craig Gordon and goals, uh, James Tavernier and uh, Josip Juranovic, the fullbacks, Cameron Carter-Vickers and John Souter, the centre backs, midfield of Callum McGregor, Tom Rogic. Regan Charles Cook, Jota, Kyogo, and Alfredo Morelos. That's the 11 for PFA Scotland. Pretty strong looking team, uh, to be honest. Uh, get in touch with us if you want to tell us what your team of the season would be. It's at Go Football Show on the socials. It's 0808 17 17 700 if you want to give us a call. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go And it's Tuesday's Go Radio Producer James making a hell of a racket over there Moving some of the equipment around Yeah, it's Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors With Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Mark Guidi, uh, what was that word? Conglomerate. Did, did, uh, did you um, check it up? Was no. it, was it, eh? Did I go all right, or was it just completely? Is, is, that, is, that, with, is that with a C or a K? Uh, I'm definitely going with it. Uh, no, we, yeah. no, but we are going highbrow on the show yeah. because we've got an author with us uh, next on the show. He had uh, spells with Rangers and Aberdeen. He is Dominic Ball. Hi, Dom. Hi, guys. How are we? We are very Dom. well. How are you, mate? Hey, Football, footballer, author, uh, open university degree in business studies. Anything else we can mention on your CV? Um, uh, bit of Spanish, trying to learn a bit of Spanish, oh, yeah. play a bit of music, um, you know, to add to my CV. So 
What no, a... thank you for the uh, thank you for the lovely introduction. What a man! And uh, currently a Queens Park Rangers player with Mark Warburton. Correct. Yes. Um, well, t tell us about the t firstly, Dom. Uh, good to have you on the show, and tell us about the the book from winning teams to broken dreams. Um, and it sounds like it's there's a lot of pretty handy advice in there for would-be football stars. Yes, exactly. I've, uh, so, you know, from winning teams to broken dreams, it's the story of me and my best mates who, you know, have been, have been friends since we were 11, 12, um, and we, we all met through, through football. Um, I was at Watford, a few of my mates were at Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, uh, but we were all from sort of the same sort of area, and we just formed this this really close bond between all of us. And we then went on to uh, academies and it's a story between, you know, 15 years old to 21, 22 of just trying to make it to the Premier League. Um, I think, you know, the, the stats of trying to make it are, are amazing. I think it's like 0.012% of yeah. players in the UK uh, that are actually going to make it. And I thought, you know, me and my friends have all shared different experiences good ones, bad ones. And I think, you know, the journey is a, is a massive roller coaster, And I wanted to sort of share that in this book, which I think it, I think it really does. That's some percentage, isn't it? And Craig, uh, yeah. you were just mentioning that to me before we came on air. Yeah, no, there's, um, again, I think the Dom, uh, mate, fantastic work, but it, it's education really, isn't it? It's education for, I guess, these aspiring young footballers that have the dream to be that professional. Understand, no. Understanding what that that drop off rate is, but but more importantly, I think it's it's education for for the parents, um, so that they can support and and guide their their kids through what can be a really really difficult time. I mean, it's great when we hear the success stories, but as you're touching on, for me, the amount of times that I guess you know young kids got their hearts set on being professionals and then they get released by a football club. And that whole transition and and what comes next, um, you know, I, I've always felt that there, there needs to be more done in that space, yeah. um, you know, and whether or not that goes down, you know, the US scholarship where a little bit longer to develop plus the education, I just feel as if there needs to be more support, Dom, and I, and I believe these are all the things that you're trying to hammer home as well through your book. Yes, of course. I. I... I think out of the six lads that we talk about in the book, including my uh, my older brother uh, Matt, who's actually my agent now, that tra that transition to to go into the real world out outside of football mm -hmm. can be really tough. It can take two, three, four years. And what I wanted to try and say in the book is that you know, with the stats as they are, to actually get into the Premier League or to get to any level in football, it's it's nearly impossible. So, you know, boys that are playing in the conference or League One, League Two, any level, I have massive respect for them because it, it, is, so, it is so hard and it is, it is a ruthless industry. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, young players that don't make it, it shouldn't be, you know, we fail. I, I failed at trying to get there. I, for, for ages, I felt like I was failing because I wasn't playing at Man United in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then you sort of sit back and you say, hold on a second, I've played over 200 league games now. I've played for Rangers, Aberdeen, Rotherham, Peterborough, Cambridge um, and, and QPR. And I, I've played a lot of games. I've enjoyed myself. I've, I've played in thousands of fans. And you sit back and you think, actually, do you know what? I'm, I, I'm quite proud of what I've done here. And, and even the lads that, that, that didn't make it, didn't go on to, to play professional games, on reflection, they look back and said, do you know what? 
I made a lot of uh, good memories and I made a lot of good friends during my time playing in academies. And there were some some positives to take from uh, from the journey, which I hope that the that the book highlights as well, because, you know, that is that is what I was trying to get across, is that there are a lot of highlights, but there are also a lot of lows. And hopefully, like you said, this book can educate, you know, parents who are, who are coming into it, who don't have a clue what's what the academy system is and trying to make it as a footballer is like. And also young players can, can you know, take some some information and some advice from the book. Uh, you know, touching on what Dom's saying, I mean, I know if you're talking like in the past 10 years when he and his friends and boys that come through the academy, I've been through it. It's better than what it was. I'm not going to hop back, but 30 years ago, I get freed with St Man full-time at St Man. You get freed, Davy Hay, freed is. And you walk out, walk to the door with my gloves and my boots. And that was it. There was nothing. There was nothing, there was no, there was nothing there for you, you know, and you're, you're out in that world. And the only thing that you had, PFA would circulate the list of the fees at all the clubs. And then the uh, Albion Rovers phone up and you get a part-time deal at Albion Rovers. I get freed with Albion Rovers a year later. And that's when you, you realise, right, I'm not going to make a living in football. What am I going to do? And you need to think in your feet. You need to be quiet. I ended up working in a bar in a restaurant, going to college and then getting into journalism. But it's better now, but it's still not good enough. And you think now the, the amount when I was in the like, YTS ground staff and Craig living the same at Rangers, there's maybe six, seven, eight of you. You yeah. clean the boots, you would do all yeah, the duties. Yeah. Now there's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 kids, isn't there? Yeah. All just coming through. And you're right, at Celtic and Rangers clubs will be two or three might make it. But the other thing that Dom, the great point that Dom made, again, just thinking back to myself, being saying, you do make great pals, you do mm. great mate, even though you didn't make it, you know, I didn't get close to it. Yeah. But the key message in it is football needs to do more. Clubs need to have something better in play. You can't just say, well, sorry son, you're not good enough, see you later. Well, mm. there needs to be aftercare. It's like if, you, if, you're, if you're in hospital for yeah. an operator, you know, you, you go back for, you know, mm. the hospital, there's aftercare in place and that's what football clubs have got to do. PFA, particularly in Scotland, have got to be better as well. They've got to be much better at what they do and you've got to be prepared because particularly now with mental health and everything that's out there, it could really damage you and have a, and have a long-lasting negative effect. Ma- massively. Dom, a question, question for you. Do you feel... Um, I mean, cause I've, I've listened to Pellegrini, for example, when he visited Australia many years ago, and the question by a journalist was asked, um, outside of the football, is there any time for your um, players at the football club to um, to educate themselves or to study or, or you know to to learn about new things? And he was probably the old old school saying, "No, no, there's actually there's for my players that time is not available." Now I've seen a lot in Australia, Dom, that the, the educational side of things in terms of um, you know courses available to to young players um, it has been quite positive. Because there is a lot of spare time for a footballer, and I think it is important to to, to really try and have other interest in case that, that that professional contract doesn't come at the end of the day. No, exactly. I've I've always uh, I was sort of brought up well initially not not forced, but you know I was given I was given advice from my from my parents saying you know you got to carry on with your education because you never know when when your career could end. Um, so I was lucky in that respect. I, I had that from my mum and dad, mm-hmm. and you know I, I do think it's it's definitely getting better in football now because I look at my uh, my QPR team now. There are lads that are learning languages. Uh, one of the lads learning French, another Spanish. Brilliant. Some boys, some boys are doing their are trying to get their their coaching badges as early as possible. So hopefully they can you know they can educate themselves on on that side of it. 
And I do think it's getting better. We have, we do have the time, um, you know, away trips, you could be, you could be in a hotel for, for two nights, uh, even, even in the afternoons of training, I've always wanted to occupy my time with, with doing things because I helped, I, I thought it helped me, benefit it benefited my football. Yeah. Uh, if I get home from training and I sit there thinking about football 24 seven, I go to the gym at night. Um, it takes the enjoyment away, away from it for me. Mm-hmm. And I've just sort of learned that through my own experience. Every, every player is different, yeah. uh, but I've always sort of advised people to, to do stuff outside of football, because like you said, we never know when it will finish. It is a very short career. Mm-hmm. And there, there are also so many things out there that you can do to, to enjoy. So it's all online now as well, you know, university yeah, or online yeah. education. And uh, so there, there is probably no excuse to be able to explore those kind of things. And, and Dom, the game has, has changed a hell of a lot over the years in terms of probably roles within. I think everybody just assumes when a footballer finishes, they're going to be a coach, mm-hmm. you know, but there's, there's so many other roles within the game. Um, even if you, you don't manage to, to, to be that. And success can be measured in many different ways. It might be that you played in an under-18 Youth Cup final and it was unbelievable. That's a fantastic highlight that can never be taken away. People maybe have never even done that before getting to first team level, Rob. And if all else fails, you can get a job in here. You know, go, that, go that, radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Involved in the game. Exactly. And there is, I mean, there's obviously a tragic tale, isn't there, Dom, attached to, to the whole story? Um, because one of the six, uh, Spencer McCall, lost his battle with bone cancer, didn't he? And, and, and fundraising is a big thing behind the book, clearly. Yeah, so uh, so so Spencer was is one of the six that is featured in the book and uh, was one of my best friends. Um, so unfortunately, he passed away last just under a year now uh, to, from Ewing sarcoma. So he uh, about two and a half years ago he was diagnosed um, in his leg, and he he sort of told us it was it, honestly it was it was horrendous. Um, but he actually got rid of it and uh, unfortunately six months later it came back quite aggressive in his chest um, which is when it, it became terminal so my aim was to to actually get this book out uh, to raise money for his treatments which he was looking he I think he went to uh, Germany Latvia he actually ended up being in Mexico for, for, for six months um, because there was nothing available for him in the UK that could help him so Spencer was a fighter and uh he, he tried all these things. So I wanted to, to get this book out for him, but unfortunately I wasn't able to get it out in time. Uh, so I wanted to do something positive in Spencer's memory, which is, which is this book, which I'm sure he would, he'll be very proud of me uh, yeah. for doing. It. And, you know, hopefully we will raise a lot of money for, for uh, Sarcoma UK. Yeah, sure. Uh, he sure would be proud of you uh, from winning teams to broken dreams. Uh, so it sounds like a, a really good read. Um, and also you could be, uh, raising some funds for uh, Sarcoma UK at the at the same time. Wanted to just talk a wee bit of football with you, Dom, uh, as well. How much did you enjoy your your time in Scottish football? Loved it. I loved it. There's actually a, there's a full chapter in the book which is is my time in in Glasgow with Rangers, mm-hmm. uh, which is definitely been my highlight of my career so far. I think it was. Uh, the, you know the, the day we beat so it was one of the best days of, of my career um with all my family up there and just the way the game went and just the year in general you know we we got promoted um and I played a lot of games as a, as a young player got a lot of good experience and you know playing in front of 50,000 fans every week as a, as a 
21 year old mm. is uh can only can only help you uh, help your development so i absolutely loved my time there and i then obviously went on to aberdeen for two years um and that's actually where where the book ends just after my time at aberdeen my first my first year in aberdeen i struggled because i went up to aberdeen on my own um and I was just lonely. I was lonely. I got to a stage where I wasn't enjoying my football. Um, I hadn't played many games. And then my brother rang me uh, halfway through the season and sort of said to me, Dom, you're playing football for a living. Like, you know, you go and kick a ball about. Get back to that place that, you know, that you, where you loved football before, before, before all of this, um, because it will help you. So from there, I just said, you know what? I'm going to forget about doing all these extras and going to the gym and, you know, being so intense and just enjoying my football and from there I you know I ended the season really well the first year and and then the second year went on to play 40 games um under Derek McInnes mm-hmm. who, who was brilliant for me you know he, he helped me find the love of football back again and, and the importance of winning and that probably so, changed your philosophy did it about football definitely I think a lot of players most players I've spoken to they've had that period where they they, they do question it you know is, is, is this what I want to keep on doing do I want to can I keep on going like this? And I think, you know, it's a test of people's characters. Players, you need to have it. You need to be thick-skinned. And I was able to hear it from my brother at a time where I was struggling. So very grateful to, you know, to have family that are, that are helpful like that. I take it you, you're keeping tabs on, on Rangers uh, and their quest to reach a, a European final? Yes, I've, I've really enjoyed actually watching... Uh, Rangers this season, especially in the in the Europa League, and I'll be rooting for them. It would be great to see them in a final against West Ham. I'd love that. Um, I'd, I'd have to try and get tickets to that. Yeah, um, because that would just be a great game. And I think the way they've performed uh, in these knockout stages has been brilliant. What about Queens Park Rangers? Um, is the promotion dream dead or dying? Where are you at at the moment? Do you reckon? I think it's it, it's unlikely. We've uh, I think the goal difference is the problem. We're six points behind Sheffield United, uh, but we've got we're playing them on Friday. But we'd have to beat. I think we have to beat Sheffield United six or seven nil um, to, to keep our hopes alive. So maybe I'll get on up front. <laughs> yeah, well, d- uh, desperate measures might be required, Dom. Uh, to be honest, and we've we've had London Dykes and David Marshall on the on the show before. How's how's Marsh doing in terms of his, his comeback after injury? I think he's close now. I've seen him out on the pitch um, training, and you know when Marshy came, Marshy had done unbelievable for us. We uh, we had a weird situation this year where we had our four four keepers uh, got long term injuries. Mm-hmm. So um, you know Marshy Marshy stepped in and, and was amazing, and I get on my, we're well with Marshy. Um, so I don't think he's too far off it now. Oh, well, that, um, that is good news. That is yes. good news, because I don't think we were too sure up here how long it was going to be. So sounds like he's going to be back, Mark, and, and ready for those those games in June, which would be great. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Steve Clark will, will, will take a look. Yes, he, he play, you know, he won't play um, no, no. Th- this season uh, again. But it's just a case. But of, it'd be good um, for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, to, exactly. To be Steve, back in the squad. And, but that doesn't mean to say he won't be back. Mm. In the squad. I think there's every chance um, he'll be in the squad. Also, Craig Gordon's established as the number one. But David Marshall, look, and what a great uh, backup to have. Well, he's mm. had because the games, as, as Dom will know, the games that David Marshall did play um, when he stepped in for De Yang, he played really, really well uh, for QPR. And it was his hamstring, wasn't it? His hammy, his hammy went. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully he's back because I think he's out of contract as well. 
whether he's going to stay at QPR mm. or, or go and find um, another club but whoever gets him will get a, a quality goalkeeper and of course when he crosses the border he is Sir David Marshall uh, which he uses to the, the best possible extent Dom it's been really good to have you on the show you're doing a great thing it, it sounds like a sounds like a compulsive read um, and a charity fundraiser um, in memory of your pal at the same time so um, good good luck with the book and uh, it's been really good to have you on the show no thank you guys cheers Dom cheers Dom well done the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go, 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 go. That was an interesting chat wasn't it with Don Ball um, Sounds like a really interesting book for uh, I mean raising money for, for his pal's charity And that's, that's brilliant um, But all sorts of interesting stuff in there And you know probably for parents of, of youngsters who are looking to get on that path, Craig, well worth yeah. reading. Yeah, very much so. Um, definitely worth, worth a read. And it, like I said, it's education. And I think that the more the more educated we are in terms of, you know, parents and being able to then help their their, their children through the, the process in terms of professional football, which is a, a really, really tough uh, business, tough environment. And like I said, we hear a lot more, unfortunately, of the... Um, you know, unsuccessful stories, you know, the ones that, that unfortunately have uh, thought that contract was going to be there and then have bowed out of the game and, and kind of struggle um, through that transitional period, Rob. So this this is a great read and this is something that will definitely educate and help people along that journey. That was Craig Conglomerate Moore. I always wonder what the C was in the middle. The question can finally be answered. Uh, we're not taking any other suggestions. Uh, for, and there would be no, a few, eh? No, there indeed. That, no, that would definitely be the end of the Go Radio football show if we went down that road. Let's, balls, let's change the subject very hurriedly uh, to the weekend and on the back of uh, Motherwell 1, Rangers 3 after uh, Leon Balligan's red card. Rangers mm. got the job done. Celtic did it. Uh, they could have been home and hose, to be honest, at half-time in Dingwall. I was at that game on Sunday and uh, they scored early, but had loads of other chances just to get it put to bed, uh, but needed a late goal from Giotto. Kyogo got the early goal. It was Kyogo at his best, a flashing header, the blonde mop in the middle on the end of Jota's cross, and he's back among the goals, number 17 that was. He's missed a big chunk of the season, and uh, he's a hell of a player. And You know, we, we've done well without him, but it's great to have him back, and, you know, he's still not 100% sharp. He probably would have had two or three today in his best form, but um, great for him to get a goal for his award. But he's still um, in uh, PFA Scotland's team of the season and he's in you, your team of the season, Mark, just courtesy of what he did in that amazing start to the season. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you can't not have him in it. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be other uh, players, other centre-forwards with um, better attendance records than um, Kyogo Furuhashi. But in terms of the quality and what he's delivered, I mean, again, just that, that goal um, on Sunday, you know, just to... Celtic's nerves to help them on their way and you look at the difference in his sharpness in the space of seven days because I thought against it in the Scottish Cup semi-final against Rangers he just wasn't at it for, for different reasons but then look at him um, seven days later he was bang on it he looked sharp and looked hungry and looks like a player that just wants to get the title over the line and enjoy the success that uh, he's helped bring to Celtic in the past ten months Loved the performance of uh, Jota at the weekend as well. It was his cross headed in by uh, Kyogo for that 12th minute opener. Uh, and then 
um, if you saw the goals in the game, the, the goal that clinched it for Celtic, just just the desire, the hunger from Jota uh, to get in on the ball, the rebound off the bar from from the Yakimakis effort to make sure that yeah. he got there before Conor Randall to to put the ball in the in the back of the net. It spoke volumes about his attitude, didn't it, Craig? Yeah, you're right. Look, that that desire to want to get on the end of that um, by Jota was probably a little bit more than, than say, defensively. Um, probably a little bit of awareness as well. But Jota, he, he was all over that. He knew exactly what that goal not only meant to him, but to the to the team. Uh, and they just, look, they deserved the result. They were, they were far too strong. Ross County didn't cause any real issues at all. We've touched on the, the Kyogo um, in the air. Um, yeah. You know, for me, the size doesn't necessarily matter, Rob. You know, no. when, you, when you take up good positions... And there's a purpose, um, you know. You can see he, he, he rises well, and he scores a fantastic header. He needs to be at, at his level though, because his style of play is is again, it's it's energy, it's pressing, it's 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 closing down people, uh, it's transitional stuff. So he is coming back, and the, the the impact that he had at the start of the season, as did Jota. I mean, yeah. to be fair, you look at the, the the signings for Celtic this season. Jota, Abada, and Kyogo, when they first come in, um, I, I thought were were really, really good. You know, already at that stage, we're saying oh, it's, it's the best forward three in the country uh, yeah. by, by, by a distance at that stage because I felt that Rangers were kind of huffing and puffing. Um, Giacomacus didn't start. Now he's kind of coming on to, to to a game and a different type of player to to Kyogo as well. But you did ask me about Jota, but yeah, good desire to go and get that second Just goal, ignore right? the question. You're no, not, you're just, normally I, do. I kind of do a full full circle. Yeah, back, you so. went around the block and back. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. that was good. Well done for remembering what the original yeah, question yeah, was. Yeah. That, 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 that was good. <laughs> but that, was, that was Kyogo's first start since Boxing Day. Um, mm. And and so he went from 16 goals to 17. You just wonder, had he stayed fit, had he played the whole season, Mark, how many goals would he have scored? I could be 25. You, you would comfortably say, yeah, comfortably on on twenty five. Uh, probably he'd be the top scorer in the country. Um, I would imagine. And by the way, he's got four games to go. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't rule him out. You know, getting twenty plus. Um, so yeah, because he looks hungry, he looks ready. He's missed a huge chunk, as as you said, Rob. He's missed over three months um, of the season. Missed Celtic's European um, games, but uh, yeah, it has been an exceptional uh, signing. Just pretty much every signing that Ange Postecoglou mm. made has been it's from Joe Hart to Juranovic to Cameron Cartler Vickers to Kyogo to Abada Hitati. to Jota and then in January O'Reilly Hitati Maida mm. boom and that just gave them the spring I mean look at the roles that those boys played yeah. in the, the win against Rangers Cena which was so important and that really did turn the title on its head um, so Celtic got it right. Timing was absolutely perfect and the quality of the recruitment um, was first class. Here's Ange Postacoglu talking about Jota's contribution on Sunday. Yeah, he was good today. Yeah, no, he's, look, he's, again, he's another player who, um, you know, had a great start to the season and got an injury. So, you know, we've had a few of those players who just had, you know, their momentum interrupted and it's taken them, takes them a while to get back. It's only natural, but, uh, you know, he's been working hard. And yeah, today, team-wise, he was he was excellent. I thought he worked really hard and, and was a good link for us. And more importantly, in that final third, every time he got it, he looked dangerous. The conversation, of course, is coming around again to can that loan deal uh, be converted into a, a permanent one? He was he was interviewed, Sky interviewed him afterwards. He was given the man of the match and he very eloquently steered himself clear of it and said he just wants to get on with the games and then somebody else can think about that and talk about that at a later stage. But mm. yeah, Celtic will be thinking a lot about that at the moment, behind the scenes, wanting to get that deal done and Cameron Carter-Vickers as well. Look, Celtic... 
have been very, very shrewd and clever in the in the market, as we as we touched on in terms of the the recruitment early doors. Um, these players being able to hit the ground running, and then to to top that up in January because they believed that they needed to. Uh, maybe the the window where Rangers missed a trick, if I'm being honest. Um, but Jota, um, look, he's he's been fantastic. I, I think we all know what he can do in terms of one v one and 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 the attack and actions, and he's got that 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 killer pass and all that sort of stuff. That's not enough. It's also when he doesn't have the ball and that 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 transitional moment where you you know he wants to go and show the way that Ange wants him to play. You got to go and win that ball. You got to go chase. You got to go and work uh, your, your defense. And I think that that is why Celtic have had so much success in the, in the forward areas. It's because right from the very, very top, Rob, they put teams under pressure. They work them so hard. They force errors. And then they're 60, 70 yards up the park further than, you know, uh, what a lot of other teams are. And then you've got those players that are creative and you're going to score goals at Celtic with the, the amount of chances that you're, you're going to get week in, week out. I think the Celtic fans, Mark, would have loved that interview. Just the joy on his face. The fact that he was leaving it down to somebody else to, to to sort out the deal and what's going to happen next season. All he's interested in is getting this job done, getting the title won for Celtic to add to the League Cup earlier on. And and written all over his face and in the way that, and what he said as well was the fact he's loving his football. Yeah, I mean, you can see that, you know, he's been superb uh, for Celtic and, and all things been equal. You would expect the deal to get done, but you don't know. He might have other options. You know, it's not in his control. He can only sit down with Celtic and discuss terms once Celtic and Benfica have agreed if indeed Celtic whatever the fee is I think the fee from what I'm told seven and a half million euros Rob right. I know it's almost kind of one for one but that'd be what 6.8 6.9 mm. million pounds um, it's a lot of money but if you sign Jota for that kind of money permanently I'd imagine within two years you're looking at minimum doubling your money if yeah. it keeps going the way um, he's going he'll be nudging towards 20 million quid so he, he's a quality player um, but I don't think it's a gimme that he's going to be at Celtic Park um, next season still a lot of work to be done there but if it doesn't work out what you do do is you you enjoy the memories of what he brought to the club because you look at where Celtic were last season those guys have really helped turn the club on its head they're just a, a win away from, from being the champions um, and, and Jota has played an absolutely he's played a massive part in that so if he goes he, he goes with a, a job well done and a, and a 9 out of 10 for his, his performance level over the season I did ask your pal um, Ange after the game whether that was normal service restored uh, after the, the cup defeat he gave me the icy stare <laughs> at that point he gave me a couple of mates yeah, yeah. in the answer um, and he probably answered something similar this wasn't my interview but he was, he was obviously asked here uh, about having recovered momentum possibly yeah we've never lost the momentum I mean you know we lost a, a, a cup semi-final in extra time um, you know momentum uh, you know we, we've been very good for a very long time that's why we sit where we sit you know from my perspective it wasn't a bad reaction from last week we, we were disappointed but um, it didn't really affect anything that happened in the league and uh, what's important for us is that we continue our good form that's as told Craig there was no change of theme at all it was back to league business back to it business. was back to the march towards the title yep and look one thing that Ange has been the whole season I think in terms of media is is really consistent I think he comes across in a you know, just a real honest way. I think mm. he speaks a, speaks a language that majority of people really get and, and understand, Robin. I think some people try to be a little bit too clever in terms of interviews. Andrew's not one of them. Um, he would have been disappointed, obviously, to to go out of the, the cup in the, in the semi-final against Rangers, but 
back on the horse. You know, as he as he said, yeah. you, you 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 bounce back and you go and get that result. Um, you know, at big clubs, that's exactly what you got to do. When when you do have that odd result that doesn't go for you, you got to go out and win the next game. Uh, one thing I think about uh, and Robin, all you 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 interview him on a a regular basis, but the thing that I kind of pick up from you, I, I like the cut of his jib of sort of from day one. I said. I don't know the guy. I don't know if he's been, going to be any good as a manager or coach at Celtic. Turns out he's very, very good. But I like the cut of his jib with a great insight from him from day one because of Craig's knowledge of him uh, and working with him. But I think what he would do or what he does definitely do to, to journalists, you know, it's radio, newspapers and TV, is um, he challenges the journalist. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that yeah. you are you are thinking twice before you ask him a question mm. because you know if your question's not on it, he's going to have you. Yeah. In a nice way. Yeah. But he's going to have you. And so even if your he, question's on it, he might have yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it, it can't, you know, you've got to think beyond yeah. the natural, yeah. cliched kind of questions he because lazy he's going... People. Yeah, he's lazy people. Yeah, he's lazy people. So he, wants to, yeah, yep. he wants to be... He's, the way he has it, I'd imagine, I don't know if I was... And I think, right, I need to be on it here, otherwise he's going to devour me. Yeah, I think my I think my favourite moment when I interviewed him Sunday there was he corrected my pronunciation of arithmetical. I have to say I did slur my way through it to be honest, but uh, he picked me up and he threw it back at me with a big smile on his face. Celtic six points ahead, effectively seven with four games to go. There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow from one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first class service. So come and meet the team and. View the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go! A couple of teams in the Scottish Premiership still in danger of being sucked into the relegation issue if they're not careful on the back of those weekend results Big wins for Hibs and for Livingston David Gray of course in temporary charge of Hibs while they ponder a replacement for Sean Maloney, wonder if there are any names we could pop into the frame in the course of the, the next hour. And uh, Livingston got a big win as well, minus Davy Martindale. Uh, maybe that's the secret. I'm not going to be the one to tell him, though. Uh, certainly not next time he's in the studio and he's about four feet away from me. But uh, yeah, uh, Marvin Bartley was banned as well. He was in the stand. Although, Audrey, that means you're about three feet away from the dugout, uh, to be honest. But they won well. Uh, but what that result has done is kept Aberdeen in the mire uh, and St Mirren are, are there as well, Mark. They're, they're, both of them are, are five points ahead of St Johnson at the moment who got a point at Dens, as you well know, yeah. at the weekend. Um, so the next games are, are going to be really interesting. St Johnson, St Mirren this weekend, we're St Johnson, St Mirren, Perth, Aberdeen, the deep yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think for Dundee to avoid the automatic drop they had to win on, on Saturday Rob so they didn't man to achieve it I think that's Dundee um, now gone um, if St Johnston beats St Mirren on Saturday they jag St Mirren right in beside them and what a finish that's going to be and, and for Aberdeen too they, they just need to get I think 39 points probably fine might need 40 but I think mm. 39 will be fine to keep you uh, so you might need 40 to get out of uh, 11th but um Aberdeen need to get a win. I was so surprised. I fancied Aberdeen strongly 
um, on Saturday. See the programme here with, with Barry and Paul on Friday night. I thought Livingston not making the top six under those circumstances would be deflated. Aberdeen, front of their own fans, still need three or four points just to be safe. Jim needs to get a win or two, get things going. But yeah, I was so surprised that that uh, didn't happen. <coughs> Excuse me, in for St Mirren. Stephen Robinson, he needs to um, needs to find a way to get it going um, in Paisley. And uh, they'll come up against a St Johnson team that take the Celtic game apart um, at Parkhead two or three weeks ago. St Johnson have got the bit about them um, again and I think they'll get into that game on, on uh, starting as favourites on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Aberdeen came out of the blocks against Livingston and dominated most of the game, uh, to be honest. But they, they've got that uh, pretty dodgy combination, Craig, of uh, they can't score a goal at the moment and they can't keep a clean sheet. And that, as we know, is not a great combination. Well, that leads to potentially the position that you're in and, um, and even getting dragged a little bit deeper uh, with the remaining games. You know, goals, you, you definitely need that um, to, to go on and for obvious reasons win, win football matches. And when, when, when you're unable to do that consistently, Rob... It really does affect the the confidence, um, and, and you know even with Jim coming in, he's been in there now for for a right few games as well. Mm. I think they would have probably expected a little bit more of a bounce. I think he would as well. Yeah. So absolutely. so I, I think that 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 has been disappointing. Um, you know, and that takes time. I, I like says that it's hard work. It's that one result. It's confidence. But we're we're talking about we're getting to the end of the season. There's four mm. four games to go. You know, yeah. uh, a lot to play for. But how big how big a factor do you think uh, at this time of year in a struggling team? Aberdeen have had a shocker of a season by their standards yeah. and obviously conversations are being had at the moment about who's staying and who's not and mm -hmm. players are being advised to look for other clubs. But some of those players will be still required to do the job on a Saturday or a Sunday whenever they're they're playing. Can that be a can that be a factor that actually there's a lot of discontent in the dressing room because some people are being shown the door? Uh well, I I don't know if there's a lot of discontent in the dressing room, but all I would say is that if you have been told that you're, you're, you're going to be surplus to requirements, um, you've got to find yourself a new club. There's still professional pride, Rob. Mm -hmm. You've got to go... And, and you're playing for, for another employer, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, you're, you're looking to put yourself in the shop window and press. Um, you know, Aberdeen are paying your wages. Supporters are turning up, paying their money to come through the turnstile. It's another home game on, on, on Saturday. Look, I know that's me looking at things in a, as a perfect world, and it's not that way, but first and foremost, go out and do it for yourself. You know, if you're a player, even if you've been told, go and show the manager that he's wrong or yeah, go and show yeah. another manager that might benches you, yeah, I'm the one. Come and get me, I'm available. So there's loads of different factors. Um, but for Aberdeen collectively, uh, as a football club this season, uh, it's it's not been good enough. Mm. And I wouldn't include Dave Cormack, although you could put the blame at Dave Cormack in terms of for, for changing manager and, and, and making the, the selection of Stephen Glass. But in terms of the funds that he's provided, um, you look at the squad there and you know Aberdeen should have been doing a lot lot better because they've got real quality in that squad yeah and I think what you want at this stage of the season is probably what Hibs did at the weekend I don't think Hibs were anything fantastic at all mm. in Paisley against St Mirren yeah, the they got goal. a late goal they won the game they got three points they're on to 41 yeah. and that, and they're safe they're pretty much that, that's it safe and, and, and now they can they can probably take their time Rob in terms of trying to get the next decision mm. which is a very very important decision for the football club right um, you know, there's no pressure to make any announcements. So now, gives them that that breathing space. You're right, and that's so important. You know, in terms of knowing your status for the following season. It's funny you're talking, Mark, in terms about the likes of Aberdeen. And look, I, I experienced once in Germany playing uh, where we were 17th bottom at Borussia Mönchengladbach at the time, Rob. Yeah. And the pressure, the pressure of um, survival. Yeah. There's a constant edge around about a club. There's a constant edge. 
um, and not a, not a positive one, Mark. And all of a sudden, instead of people being together, um, sometimes can be a little bit fractured and it's, no, no, it's your fault, no, no, it's his fault. There's a lot of finger pointing and, and that can, can really be telling. We ended up sort of like surviving that season, but it was a different look for me personally as a player when you do struggle from, from week to week. It's not easy. Do you feel as if there's a star in the studio? I believe there might be somebody. <laughs> Callum Beatty has joined us. Callum, how are you? I'm great. How's yourself? Can you come along? I, I know you're there a bit. Go. I know you're normally shy of the microphone, yeah, but can you, yeah, yeah, you're sound, right? sounding good. Yeah. What are you? What are you? What are you? Be, what have you been up to? I've just been playing a couple of uh, rave songs for Go Radio. Um, a couple of rave songs I've been playing there. Um, a couple of acoustic tracks. So um, it sounds great. Good. And and of course you're a big Rangers fan, so you'll be having thoughts on. Thursday in Germany. Uh, what's it like to be shoulder to shoulder, well, slightly distanced from Craig Moore? Uh, brilliant. I've met him before. Um, we had a couple of um, lager Thanks. shandies one one night. Oh, lager shandies must be an easy night then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Craig was buying clearly. <laughs> yeah. What, what are you thinking about about Thursday? The the prospect of laying the foundations for a European final. Uh, I, I feel really positive about it. Um, I was watching the the Leipzig game against uh, Union Berlin. Um, oh, they hey. got, they well, got beat. Research, good man. Well, well, I've been to Union before. Ah. Uh, when I was in Berlin, I tried to go to a game, so um, it was a great atmosphere. But their team wasn't up to much, so I, I'm pretty positive um, about it. Um, but let's see what happens. You know, I think we've done amazing, to even get where we are, and uh, we've put some amazing teams on a you know a shoestring budget compared to some of them. Um, so I think we've done really well. Does it feel like your Rangers are salvaging the season and is it, is it going to take the Scottish Cup to have a trophy to actually fully compensate for not getting the title if if you're if you're assuming it's gone of course. Well that's if you assume it's gone yeah I mean look it's like Celtic have been brilliant they've been really consistent that's one thing we've no no been um so we can't really complain too much um but it's certainly not over I don't think you know it only takes one bad result and you're way back in it you know so um and, you know, Celtic have had a, a lot of last sort of 10, 15 minute goals this season. So, yeah, let's just hope one of them doesn't go in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, if, so if, Rangers, if, Rangers can win on sun, if Rangers can win on Sunday, you, you think it could, that gap could still be clawed back? Oh, definitely. Honestly, it's like, you know, we've seen it before, with helicopter Sunday and all that, you know. It's, but you know what? It's exciting. And that's, that's the main thing, you know. Scottish football is exciting. Mm. Yeah, I mean the, the the Thursday nights in Europe have been sensational, haven't they? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, the atmosphere—it's you know a good advert. Um, hopefully, it brings some money into us next season, and we can improve in all aspects of Scottish football. You know, I'm struggling to get a good answer out of either of these two. So, what what do you reckon Rangers are going to do up front on Thursday in the absence of not just Morelos but Roof as well? Oh dear, uh, well, no other option but Sakala, really. Um, I would just like to just come back, even at like a 1-0, you know, do it the same as Braga. It's like you're still in it. Just yep. just don't let in any goals. <laughs> that, mm. that's yeah, it. Yeah. But don't, also don't do a Craig Levine and don't play a striker. Like that, that's anti-football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's interesting that he says that, Rob, because we're talking about in terms of the, the R field that played as a false nine, yeah. not really a striker. Yeah. Uh, interesting, uh, you're saying Sakala as well, because for me... Sakala, at least he'll stretch him, he'll test him. He's got that pace. He is a striker. I, th I think we probably need that and say, mate, 60, 70 minutes, give us everything you got. If, yeah. you, if, you, if you're absolutely knackered after that, no problem, we can bring you off and then we can put a, a fresh substitute on.
Scott, has Scott Wright got a part to play? Potentially? Yeah, I think it's a chance for him to show that he's you know good enough to play at a top, top level. I think like he's shown some signs of it this season personally, but um, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like he's just a little bit off the mark for me, but um, this is his chance, you know, it's, take it. Yeah, and, and if they can... Um, well, we were speaking about the potential result earlier on there and you were saying Mark you know, 2-1 one, 1-0 one defeat either of those would probably you might just sign for that at the moment in terms of Aye. turning it around Ibrox totally but like who knows like you know make come come back with a, a Sakala hat trick yeah. <laughs> you never know, oh, you yeah. know have you been on the shanties again <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit early for me right. but <laughs> I think Callum's doing well to hide his, his, his disappointment because he, 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 he was hoping to be it was Tony Vidman that was going to be sitting ah, uh, beside him. Ah, there you go. Very Sloppy seconds. He is. He is. to hide it well. But look, I, I would sign up for a one 0 a one goal deficit, because you just want to get it back to Ibrox with the fans turning up, thinking we could bore it tonight. We could help make a difference. The players feel that, that that they can go and do it. And by the way, you don't know what will happen. You don't know what will happen. End your. You could have a Leipzig guy sent off in the first 10 minutes, you'll right. Sakala running through your tail. So you just don't know, you know. But that's the beauty of it. This is a sprint, it's 180 minutes, it's two games, but just stay in the tie on Thursday night. Bring it back to Ibrox alive, and anything uh, can happen. You know, Seville becomes a real, you know, a realistic possibility for May the 18th. I was I was recording an interview with uh, John Lundstrom at, at the training ground this morning for the, the TV pre-match on Thursday. What a transformation in him. It, it looked, Callum, as if he was possibly on the way out in the January window. And now he, he's one of the first names on the team sheet, isn't he? Absolutely. And it makes me think, you know, it is that match fitness thing. Maybe it's like you have to get a few games under your belt, you know, for a couple of months and until you're used to hit your top form. Um, I don't think he really had that at the start of the season. He was kind of on and off, but... Um, He's definitely, you know, shown how good he is this season. And um, if anybody wants him, they're going to have to pay for him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's business as well. Yeah, you're right. But it did take a little bit of time, Rob. But did. I think, you know, he's in that rhythm. Um, he's growing in confidence. And I think he now believes that he should be at a club like Rangers. You know, he has that confidence and he's starting to boss games. That's the key word, confidence. There's yeah. all, there was always a player there. Yeah. But he just couldn't get a rhythm. Mm. And it's confident he's yeah. got out in the pitch going, I'm going to boss this game or I'm going to yeah. whatever it is. And I think confidence has absolutely been the key for him. Yeah. And consistency. Like I, mm. I, I still believe that under Steven Gerrard at the start of the season, as well as what he'd done with the team the prior season, it was stop, start, changing formation. Not so much for changing formations, changing personnel. Very, very difficult to get, to get in any kind of rhythm as a player when it's chop and change all the time. And also as well... It just showed you how and how good a place he was. And I think you've got to give Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and his coaching staff credit for it because they moved him back to central defence. Mm. Now, if that was a guy that wasn't caught with it, oh my God, central yeah, defence, yeah. are, are you kidding me on? But no, he relished it. He took on the challenge and played a pivotal role um, that night in a European game. So again, that was Van Bronckhorst showing his flexibility, getting players on side. Him and his staff, don't forget, you know, Dave Voss, Roy McKay, what they do behind the scenes as well. That, that's been good in terms of Morelos. Because he was looking a bit off at the first half of the season for whatever reason. Like so Roy McKay comes in, Roy's fluent in Spanish, mm. as in Giovanni, and all of a sudden, arm round the shoulder, or conversing in his own language. I mean, look at, okay, he's probably not going to kick a ball again the rest of the season, but look at, for example, that night in Dortmund mm. and other games, what Morelos has, has brought to the table. Who's your player of the season for Rangers, Callum? 
Uh, oh, it's a really tough one, isn't it? Because it's, we've had injuries and stuff. Um, I know Morelos got it. Um, did, did James Tavernier get Players Player? Or, uh, or players, were, were there two different awards? Uh, all right enough. No, he got Player of the Year, didn't it? Was it Morelos that got Players Player? Yeah. It was what he won. The, the yeah, they, they shared the awards, didn't they? The two I, of them. I, yeah. look, Tavernier probably, you know, he's... I think it can't be easy being a captain and I think especially trying to win the league again after last year um, I would give it to him especially in European nights he's came up for us mm. His numbers yeah. are scary aren't they? I mean I think it's 14 goals 12 assists something like that Aye That's incredible like I said I mean uh, people still uh, give him a little bit of stick and and you just you, you look at what he's delivered uh, time and time again for, for, for Rangers and I think he's actually led uh, this season as well, you know. Yeah. Okay, it might be that important goal, uh, whether it be from the spot or that, that telling cross or telling pass and all that mm. sort of stuff. But I think he's, he just leads by example. And, and it has been a difficult season, Rob, but I kind of agree with Callum. I think that he's probably been the, the standout. I think Bassey has had a, had a fantastic breakout season. Yeah, he got Young Player of the Year. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's probably the reason he never got the, the big one. But... He's going to be something special, isn't he? When he grows up, Calvin Bassey. I, yeah, you forget like these players are ages. You know, it's like, you know, they're they're no long left high school. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Bassey, I just love how attacking he is and positive. It's a positive footballer. Mm. I wish I, I, I love Kamara, but he never takes a shot outside the box. I, I would like like to see a bit more of that. And I think again, it's what we were saying earlier on: it's confidence. You know, half the time. Um, but Lundstrom, I think he's. If you can keep a hold of him, um, he's no scared to tackle. That's what I like mm. about him. He's got that. You know, Scott Brown had it, and you can see, you know, what what a, an effect that had for a few seasons. You know, it's just somebody that's no scared to a wee battle. And I think he, that was a big factor against Celtic, wasn't it, in the in totally. the semi final? The fact I, that he kind of made a statement early on. I totally. I think it really helps it set the tone of the game. Yeah. I think we're going to have to get rid of him because he's raised the level of the football conversation too, ah, high, too high and it's kind, of, uh, it's kind of going to show us up. So, so, so you're, you're going to be on with Arte? Are you recording some stuff for Arte show? Aye, aye, Is that right, Colin? We're doing a wee tune for, uh, for Transmit just mm -hmm. in the run-up to that. So okay. um, it's great. I, it's, um, I actually told my band, all my band are fully Celtic fans <laughs> and um, they were all asking if they can wear Celtic tops at Transmit. I was like, I, I think that's going to cause a riot. So I think we should just <laughs> no bother with that. But um, no, they're there waiting on me, so yeah, okay. I better go. And and in terms of gigs coming up, what 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 is there? What, I, what are you up to? Um, well, I release a new album in September. Um, it'll go on pre-sale at Transmit. Um, until then, we've got Transmit and more festivals like Belly Drum, um, Tartan Heart, uh, the Party at the Palace, and stuff like that. So, um, aye, main stage. Good stuff. It's gonna be great. Oh, Good to see you. Shanges to have there, then, eh? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Craig will give you some money for oh, a shandy. <laughs> Good to have you on the show. A pleasure. Cheers, Cheers Callum. Good luck. Cheers, guys. Oh, man. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Good to get us some high-quality football chat on the show just before the break there. Callum Beattie popping in. Have we been relegation material today? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you, you, you're still upset by that Tony Vidmar. <laughs> that, I, I love Tony Vidmar. Know, boy, what a player he was. What what's, a good mate as well. What's he doing? Assistant Wait. coach of the national team. Oh, is he right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. yeah. Good. Um, we, before uh, Callum came in and interrupted us and raised the whole level of the <laughs> of the chat, um, we were speaking about Aberdeen, we were speaking about St Mirren, we were speaking about teams potentially getting sucked into the the relegation issue. And just on the subject of that 
Livingston-Aberdeen game. Um, what's happened in the course of today is that Livingston goalkeeper Max Stryek has been banned uh, for two games after uh, striking the Aberdeen forward Vicente Bissauen in the face on Saturday. Uh, referee Grant <laughs> Irvin uh, booked both players for the 39th minute incident. So not only did Bissauen get banjoed with a right hook from the goalkeeper, but he also got a yellow card. It was one crazy decision, Mark, wasn't it? Well, first and foremost, um, Aberdeen denied a penalty kick. Yes. It's a, it's a penalty. Yeah. Um, I'm, see, it's, it's a red card. Um, so with their goalkeeper and as a well. Penalty kick. Yeah. You yeah. can't get away from it. Craig, you know, and, and for a referee, two assistants and a fourth official you know, to, to, to miss that. But again, Rob, that's where the beauty of when we get it, albeit we're going to have to make seven or eight months for it, but yeah. for, for VAR mm. comes in, you know, clears that up. But the thing for me, clearly the referee didn't miss it. No. Or he's had something in his ear because he's picked up on it enough to book the goalkeeper. Well, yeah. but, but, but did you see his booked, positioning? Yeah. He's yeah, about 15 yards yeah, away looking so straight it, at it. He's, so the thing for me, when you look at Aberdeen, have lost the game. But that's a key moment. So you're potentially looking at them being down to 10 men losing their goalkeeper, but also a penalty kick. You're denied a penalty kick. It's poor refereeing. And Lewis yeah. Ferguson doesn't tend to miss uh, penalty kicks. Not, so, not you know, many. I mean, the, it's full of ifs and buts and maybes. Who knows? Yeah. Aberdeen might still not have won the game, but they had a golden chance to go ahead and be playing against 10 men. That You would imagine that was a massive moment in the match. And, and, it's, and it, it's, it must be painful ah. for, for Jim Goodwin to be reading today's news that Strike is now banned, you know, rather than actually being dealt with during the game. At the time. It's and, horrible. And, and Aberdeen, you know, might have gone on to win it. Yeah, no, it's not a nice one, Rob. Like it says, I mean, it doesn't help Jim Goodwin, Jim Goodwin, Goodwin or Aberdeen um, today, as, as you say. And uh, you know, back you know when I was involved in Australian all sorts of stuff, those kind of decisions that they affect games of football. You know, um, cost you points, mm. cost you any kind of momentum. Um, we talk about VAR. I mean, the referee was close enough, so he's seen it and came up with that decision. I mean. VAR doesn't necessarily mean that you get the right decision. Depends who's involved yeah. in that decision-making process. From what I've seen, Rob, clearly it was a, a red card, uh, and you know the the the, the two-week suspension that has been put in place is the right one. But for Aberdeen, they they don't get the benefit when they needed the benefit during that match for that yeah. decision to be made. I mean, these things can cost jobs. Can't they? they it's can. not being over dramatic to say that it can cost livelihoods because who knows. Um, that could point Aberdeen towards a continuing slide. They, they might well have won the game had they been playing 10 men and they had a penalty. As it was, they lost the game. They've got a game against Dundee. They, they look as if they're going to struggle to beat anyone at the moment. But that, that was a result, had they got it, that would have made them safe. Yeah, and also as well, not only that in terms of what happened live in the 90 minutes of Pataudry on Saturday, but you've now got Livingston, in terms of an Aberdeen perspective, you've now got Livingston getting into their next two games without the first choice goalkeeper against rival, against rival teams yeah, to Aberdeen in the bottom six when, yeah. the, when, you know, yeah. when it's fairly tight particularly if Aberdeen don't win on, on Saturday they're, they're keeping themselves right in the mix for finishing um, in 11th place so you've got that too you know, it's, like, it's like a double it's, it's a knock-on effect mm -hmm. um, of that as well which um, which isn't helpful but just to get back to the the point of the of the referee it's been really hard to defend referees this season, Rob, overall. And I'm not just talking about, you know, Celtic and Rangers fans, you know, Everton's all centres around them. It doesn't because there's 12 teams in the top flight. The standard of refereeing across the board 
not been good enough. No. Absolutely nowhere near it. And I always try and give referees the benefit of the doubt because I think they're, you know, they're too easy a target to, you know, for clubs and managers and players for deficiencies in, in their own game and their own um, coaching. They'll, they'll turn and quickly blame the, the referees to deflect. Um, but the standard this season over the piece watching games up and down the country all over it's been as poor a season for the referees as I can remember yeah yeah. we're not, we're not hanging Grant Irvin out to dry here he happened to be the guy in charge it was a, it was a shocker of a decision I was at the game and, and his general performance I'm not a referee supervisor yeah. but uh, I wouldn't be giving him too many out of ten because the game he lost the game the, the, you know the, there were other bits in the game that, that he just couldn't seem to handle he's doing Dumbarton against Clyde uh, this weekend coincidentally um, Has that been announced or you... no? That, that that's apparent. Whether whether that's that was already preordained that he was doing that game, okay, or whether okay. he gets shunted down a couple mm. of leagues because mm. of that, I don't know. I mean, that that sh- you would imagine should happen. Players get dropped when they do badly. Yeah. Referees should get dropped well, as think, well. I think they? I think again, if I I don't disagree, right? But make that announcement, right? So it's out in the public domain, so people actually understand that it may be a performance that wasn't deemed to be good enough had some consequences. I, I think then people accept yeah, it. They but, accept it then, Mark, rather than at the moment, if you don't speak about it, yeah, nobody hears anything about it. We're all kind of guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we we deal with mistakes mm-hmm. when, when people have, have taken I, accountability. Yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm torn yeah. between what you're saying because just what talking about, um, you know, John Lindstrom 10 minutes ago about being confident, you know, mm-hmm. a confidence thing. I think what we should do is the clubs get an explanation privately. And if now for all we know, Grant Irvin might have had five smashing games, mm-hmm. but he's had a poor one on Saturday, he's had a top flight game. So I think there's got to be a level over where I think it would be harsh just to, he's had a shocker on Saturday, boom, he's demoted or he doesn't mm-hmm. get a game because you need to, to, to level it out. Yeah. And, but if this has been happening consistently in the game, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, you've got to look at it. But I think what the clubs would want is can we get dialogue, honest dialogue with the SFA uh, and with Crawford Allen, who's the head of referees, and let's have an explanation. So will there be any consequences for, for Grant Evan? What light of his performance been before? Look at it. And then, and this is not to hang the referee out to dry. This is to give information so that all the clubs have got detail. And as long as the clubs keep it private and the managers keep it private, but if they've been briefed privately, they know where they stand and they know the, the, the process that's going on uh, in the sixth floor at Hamden. If they're ignored, that leads to frustration, at least to things being called out. And in the longer run, that can be actually more detrimental to a referee. But I know what you're saying about, you know, make it public. But I think if we do that too often, given the standards that we all think have been poor this season, mm. it could absolutely destroy some referees. Because you look at it, you've got to take into account social media, the, the yeah. backlash they can get, their own mental health. Yeah, uh, and well-being, the families. Mm-hmm. You take everything into account. Then we just need to be to be careful. I get it. We're thirsty mm-hmm. for for information, for knowledge, but there's a balance to be struck as well. And I, I and I do I do get that as well. I just think, like I says, the majority of people, when someone puts a hand up and says, "You know what? I got it. I got it wrong. That wasn't my best performance." Mm-hmm. It's kind of dealt with, and people move on from it very, mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's when you. It's when there's no communication. No chat, nothing off the back of it. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as the Aberdeen fans are concerned, I guess Gartnevin just puts his puts his stuff in his bag and walks away and jumps in his car and goes home and you know prepares for whatever else he's going to pop up next. As it happens, it's going to be a Dumbarton, uh, but, Dumbarton against Clyde. Well, we know trust is, and we'll all know this. 
Grant Grant Irvin will will have been distraught. Mm. Point because yeah. you know you, you watch that, but oh god, I've got that wrong. Yeah. You know, it's but it's been high. Yeah. We we don't need does it us to tell them. No, and and I think you know one thing I think I would say about referees and, and, and we know um, a number of them personally. You know, he won't be able to switch off from that. That that will play in his mind. He'll be mm. very disappointed himself. His colleagues will be as well. We've missed one there. We've missed a bad one there yeah. on on Saturday. So I don't think he will just jump in his car on Sunday morning. I'm okay, but it was only Aberdeen Livingston. That'll be on his mind for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a difficult one. Like I said, for me, they're very, very good referees. Um, the ones, I mean, they need, obviously they get the, the the big calls spot on, mm. but it's just how they manage the games, Rob. Yeah, yeah and, and actually, management. you know, and okay, Grant Irvin, he, here's here's VAR. Here's here's your way out of exactly that situation mm-hmm. because somebody trips in your ear, you stop the game, you go over and look at a monitor. And you go back and you change your decision because it, you know it is a decision that needs changing, yeah. and and you send off strike, and and everybody's happy, and he goes off at the end of the game, Grant Irvin, happy yeah. that he's got the, the yeah. main decisions right. Yeah. Like we say, VAR will be there, and, and it's another country. It's there to help everybody referees reach the right decision. It's not there to embarrass them. No. It's there to help them. Mm. You know, and that's that's the key to it if we say it's particularly now there's it's a £35 million title that's up for grabs there's top six there's European places there's relegations we say that could cost jobs up and down the country over the next four or five weeks depending on who goes down so VAR's there and that's all we want now at the time you might because you know we see it down south goals getting chopped off because you know a player's yeah, yeah. Three, three inches off, off yeah. so you think, how frustrating is that but, but it's the right decision yeah. and that's what we need up here so it's there to help our officials that's that's the most important thing to keep in mind. Let's have a look at uh, what we've got Champions League wise uh, tonight. Well, Manchester City uh, against Real Madrid is tonight. That is uh, that is a mouth watering prospect. Craig, you're going to be taking that one in tonight. Most, most definitely. Get myself back home and feed up and and, and watch what should be a, a fantastic. What are you laughing at, Mark? You're thinking no. you're waiting for the red wine as well or something no, like that. No, 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 Come no, 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 no. He's having a wee smile <laughs> there. Maybe, maybe somebody will bring you a shandy. Yeah, a shandy. Yeah. No, but look, should be a should be a wonderful game. Uh, I think um, Man City are favourites for me to to go through in in this one. But you, you look at Real Madrid when they looked as if they were dead and buried against Chelsea, uh, and 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 how they come back into that match. And, and even the. The previous round of PSG, yeah, mm. and when you got yeah. when you got Modric that, yeah. that can, and you've got Benzema oh, to score the goals. Like, there's there's some real real quality there, um, but I think it'll be a wonderful game of football. I think Man City will be too strong tonight. Liverpool against Villarreal uh, tomorrow night. Is it going to be an all English final then? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. I, they, are, they are the two best teams in the world at the moment. Yeah, Liverpool and Manchester City. Would that be right? Certainly in Europe, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Does, that not, be does that not mean the world? Well, some people might argue that. Uh, that I, see, I guess, in, in, in the Europe, world. That, Europe that's, is the <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I don't know how Melbourne and stuff are getting on in there, but I think uh, how good they are. But I think uh, certainly. Well, Bayern Munich, no? In, would, in they, would, would they be up there in yeah, terms of seeing they, themselves as one of the. Liverpool and Man City have been incredible, though, Yeah, I think it's a. If it turns out to be the case, it would be a fitting final. Yep. That said, Liverpool, Real Madrid's got a special ring to it as well um, in Paris. But um, whatever it is, I think it's May 28th, Rob, the final in Paris. Yeah, I think you're um, right. It's the end of the European season then. We kick into the internationals. Um, and when you think about it, if uh, Andy Robertson's playing, you know, Saturday, 
Champions League final and then potentially right into the game against Wales yeah. three days later four mm. days later so Ukraine um, yeah, sorry Ukraine. UK I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself I'm, I'm, I'm uh, hoping we're playing Wales <laughs> yeah, as well yeah, against yeah. Uh, Ukraine on June the 1st um, yeah. at, at Hamden but yeah I agree with uh, Craig certainly tonight I fancy Man City by a couple of goals so we're talking date for the Champions League final. Um, what's of great interest at the moment is the date for the Europa League final, which is the 18th of mm. May. The Scottish Cup final is the 21st. Rangers are already in that, Craig, as you know. Yes. Um, so it could, that what a spell, that could be two finals, two major cup finals in the space of four days, potentially for Rangers. How good would that be? How, how how big would that be? You know, I mean, look, there's still, this season, uh, Giovanni... Um, He's, he's still got a bit to prove to, to certain Rangers supporters in terms of you've got to go and win a trophy. Um, you know, so it's interesting to see how, how, how it finishes. But you're right. I mean, three, four days, potentially, two uh, cup finals, a European cup final, if if they can get through this Leipzig um, semi-final, be enormous, Rob. It really would be. Um, and if you can't get up for, for two finals in three or four days, um, then you shouldn't be in the in the game, huh? And he has to win the Scottish Cup, doesn't he? Has to land has a trophy. To, has to, and, and like I said, would he be out if he didn't win a trophy? Oh, no, no, no. But he'll get the but, he'll but, get the he'll get the window. Yeah, he'll get a transfer yeah, he window. has to, has to. They, Giovanni, one hundred percent needs to be to be given time. Um, would some but some Rangers? I mean, there was there were murmurings going into the two yeah. the two matches in four oh. days the the semi final the quarter final of yeah. Europa yeah. the semi final of the Scottish Cup there yeah. were there were murmurings about well, them at that stage absolutely there were that's why I think the the Scottish Cup win against Celtic particularly Massive. was so important Giovanni had to go and show that he could beat Celtic you know and that's, he couldn't afford three defeats so is that enough without winning the, yeah, actually I, winning the cup I think as you know listen if Rangers end the season trophyless. I think there will be a few Rangers fans that will say, no, he's not the man for us. He's not the man to take us forward. But inside uh, Irox, the hierarchy, the decision makers, no question Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will be in charge uh, for next, next season. season. And, and, and rightly so. Yes. Rightly so. He can't, he can't, he can't, he can't bullet him yeah. after nine months in charge and one transfer, even if he lost to Hearts in the Scottish Cup. You think of what he's done what he's planning to do. You can't chop and change managers like that, Rob. He's a good manager. And by the way, let's just say they did get rid of Giovanni Who do you get? When you, who are you going to, realistically, who are you going to get that's better than Giovanni Van Bronckhurst? So you stick with him and let him see it through. He might end the season with nothing. Potentially could end the season with two. I don't think he's going to win the league, but could potentially end the season with a Scottish Cup and a Europa League final. That's For me, that's successful. We're talking football for another 20 minutes. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Let's go on Go Radio, the football show. And it is Tuesday. As far as I'm aware, Champions League football tonight. Man City against Real Madrid. Sounds good. Liverpool against Villarreal tomorrow night. And uh, just getting the Man City team uh, coming in to play at Real Madrid tonight. Uh, Ederson in goals, Stones, Diaz, Laporte, Zinchenko, De Bruyne, Rodri, Bernardo Silva, Mares, Gabriel Jesus, who scored four at the weekend. Phil Foden is in as well. Uh, let's do the subs as well. Stefan, Carson, Ake, Sterling, Gundogan, Grealish, Fernand, it's not a bad wow. bench, is it? Fernandinho, Egan Riley, Mbete, Palmer, McAtee, and Lavia. Not sure about the last few, but uh, there are some stars in reserve if the starting 11 uh, don't turn out to, to do the business. That is some 
uh, Man City side, Craig Muir? Yeah, just a little bit of um, strength and, and depth to that squad, isn't there? Um, I think even when you were saying, Rob, you're getting to the subs as well. Um, just a, it's, it's a very deep squad and it's absolutely... Um, the quality is unbelievable. Uh, but it should, it should be a belting, belting game tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. The tempo that Man City play at, mm. um, you know, being at home, mm. uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be a really, really good match. And like I said, the, the, the execution when, it, when it's at top level still needs to be brilliant. But Man City, uh, they produce that as well. That's really an incredible watch when you watch them play. How, how good will they be next season with Haaland in their team? Is that done? Supposedly, it's, it's a done deal. Yeah. Suppose it's Half a, a million deal. a week. I don't know. I've not checked his contract yeah. yet, but it'll not be, it'll not be far. Yeah. It'll not be just just a half million a week. Ah, it yeah, just rolls right. off the yeah. tongue. But yeah. suppose it's a done deal, wow. and imagine Man City with Haaland, the, the service that he would he would get that. You know, if they don't win the, and and, and I don't know is it is it official that it's Pep's last season next season? Can I say that that's uh, it? I think going there, to call there, it a day. I think there was something like yeah, that. Yeah. So be interesting you know. though, Haaland. Haaland's unbelievable. He's just. A physical mm. beast, isn't he? But is he that that kind of technical? Yeah, that's, that's co- it, is he yeah. that kind of technical player that 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 the type of football that City playing? Do you think they'll be able to play with an authentic number nine? Well, that's the thing. They, they, they wanted seasons. Kane, didn't they? And and you look how yeah. Mourinho changed Kane's game, didn't he? And made him drop a lot deeper. Yeah. Um, and that might have suited City. You think the way that mm. they play, but now as you're right, Haaland's totally different. So maybe he's got something he's wanting to change the maybe. style a wee bit more. Direct, but you could just have a you know you, th- you think of the way they get down into the wide areas and just slide balls across that so you, you could you could see Haaland I'd, I'd see him scoring at least 40 goals next yeah, season for yeah. Man City yeah Rangers flying out tomorrow afternoon for their Thursday night meeting with Leipzig in Germany in the Europa League semi-finals um, what's going to happen in those attacking positions no Morelis no Roof no Ramsey uh, Scott Wright and uh, Fashion Sakala uh, made useful contributions at Motherwell at the weekend. Very useful. I mean, they both have their qualities. They're quick, uh, they're fast with the ball. Also, their off-the-ball movements are, are good. And especially today, they had a slightly a different role against uh, when we were 10 men, but uh, they did really well. They caused a lot of danger. And, um, you know, happy for, for, for Scott, he scored twice. And, uh, of course, the captain never, almost never fails on the spot. Yeah, James Tavernier scored the, the penalty. What's your team, Craig? Uh, what's your Rangers team for Thursday? Okay, I'll, 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 get, I'll get you started. McGregor and goals. McGregor and goals. Tavernier, you've got, um, I think you go Goldson and Balogun because he, he'll miss the old firm game, the mm-hmm. suspension. Yeah. Bassi is a left fullback. I think you'll have Jack uh, and Lundstrom in the middle mm-hmm. as, as holder and controller midfielders. Uh, further forward of that, I think you'll have um, Arebo. Um, up top, you'll have Sakala for me has to play through the middle. Um, Kent obviously is up there, mm-hmm. and does it does it leave a starting position for uh, someone like like Wright? I'm not Arfield, sure. Arfield. I'm not sure. Yeah, it depends how they play. Mm-hmm. If they'll play with the the. Without a striker, then I think Arfield's got every chance of playing. Mm-hmm. If they play with a striker, then I don't think, which would be Sakala, then I don't think Arfield would start. What do you think, Mark? Hey, yeah, McGregor in goals. I'd agree with the, the, the back four. I'm, I'm tempted to say Steve Davis, but I think there's, 
there's, there's more energy required. I think Steve Davis is brilliant at that role, but when there's more possession base, I actually think Steve Davis could be a key player at Ibrooks in the return leg. But the way he played at Hamden, just that calmness that he brings, because Rangers are going to be under the cosh. They're going to have to withstand a lot of pressure. He does bring a calmness and an organisation to the team which could be key. But I, I'd probably agree with... with would he be surprised if, if, if he finds a way to have Lundstrom, Jack um, and Davis mm-hmm. together? I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a way to get the three of them in the team. Kent will definitely play. I think Arriba will definitely play and probably Sakala, but, but he might just go with that more experience. He might just slot mm-hmm. Arfield into a full And definitely no, Kamara, yeah, yeah. definitely no Kamara? No, no. Probably, no not for me. No. Not, not, not this match, no. No. It's, it's I think other three are ahead of him now, Robert. Yeah, I think, I know, it's you know, funny how it's changed, doesn't yeah, it? Jack, um, Lundstrom and, and Davis had to have the three yeah. of them. And that's nothing against Kamara, still yeah. a quality player. But right yeah. now, I think he's the fourth choice. Yeah. yeah, And probably just looks like says a little bit a little bit low on confidence, and that comes with not the you know the consistency that he's had previously. Because he was an automatic pick automatic. for Steven Gerrard, wasn't he? Automatic. Just about every European yeah. game. Um, okay, we've uh, not got much time left, so let's deal with team of the season, uh, and we'll work from the um, the team that's been selected by PFA Scotland announced today. Um, so, ju- in ter- so let's just tweak this as you see fit. Right. Uh, so, th- what they've got is Craig Gordon and goals, James Tavernier, Cameron Carter-Vickers, John mm-hmm. Suter, and Josip Juranovic is mm-hmm. the back four midfield of Callum McGregor, Tom Rogic, and well, I think Regan Charles Cook they have list as a midfielder. Um, which is maybe uh, poetic license. Uh, Jota, uh, Kyogo, and Alfredo Morelos, the front three. Um, are you deviating much from that, Craig? Hugely, not hugely. Although what what I have done with the back four, um, I've got Tavernier as a as a right fullback. Uh, I've got Carter Vickers in there. Uh, I, I've put Bassi. Mm-hmm. I've put Bassi in as a left sided. Central defender. No, that's not his position, yeah, Rob. Not much, eh? um, but um, he, for me, he's done very well. I think it's been a breakout season for him as left side and centre back or left fullback. But again, with the left fullback position, I've left that open. Um, and uh, Kingsley's got got that for me from Hearts. Okay. Uh, I think that he's he's had a, a pretty good season. Quite flexible in terms he can play in a, a back four. He can play in a back three. Great delivery, scored some wonderful free kicks. If you kicks get a free kick season. 25 yards out, some, he's your man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's had a really good season. Three in midfield, I've gone McGregor um, as, a, as a single six with, with two attacking tens, Rogic and Aribo mm-hmm. uh, as my two tens. And up top, look, I, I've got to go uh, with Charles Cook. I mean, he's, he's leading goal scorer. What, what a fantastic season he's had and he's been an absolute live wire for Ross County. I've gone Morelos. Um, I just think that um, he, de- he just delivers. He just delivers, uh, Rob, um, and he looks to be a player that was certainly uh, enjoying his football, which we hadn't seen for for a while. Um, unfortunately, he's injured out for the rest of the season. I got Kyogo just for the the start that he had to the season. I thought mm. he was electric when he first came in. Yeah. Um, you know, he 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 was fantastic. He hit the ground running. He was scoring goals. He was bags of energy. Uh, I've got Martin Boyle as an unlucky. Um, but he would definitely be in a squad. But you're talking about starting eleven. I think Martin Boyle before he went away was Hibbs uh, best by far. Is this a Socceroos moment? No, I could have mentioned another one, but I've just left the Australian patter out of that for now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Delivered with a straight face, almost. Mark, uh, 
you know, goalkeeping position, one that, that, that fascinates me, you know, Craig Gordon, Joe Hart, Alan McGregor, Xander Clark, Jack Annick, Liam Kelly, brilliant, some really good mm-hmm. goalkeepers we've yeah. got. You, you, honestly, you, you could put the six in the hat and pick one out. So which one? T- which one do you pick out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, give me a hat. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to go for Joe Hart. Joe Hart. Be- because when I think of Celtic last season, the problem started with how the whole goalkeeping situation was handled. So to get Joe Hart in there, and he nicks it just ever so slightly from Alan McGregor um, and Craig Gordon. Um, so you'd go Joe Hart, um, J- James Tavernier all day long at right back yeah you can make a case for young Calvin Ramsey you can make a case for Josip Juranovic but mm-hmm. I de- um, Anthony Ralston but I'd definitely go James Tavi I think so stick on Cameron Cartland Vickers without doubt I, I wasn't sure about left side um, I do like John Souter I think he's been terrific this season but Oz came in with the Calvin Bassey shout and I thought yep I'll go with that mm-hmm. um, left back Greg Taylor sort of Josh Doig at, at, at Hibs but I would go Stephen Kingsley again just mm-hmm. for his contribution as well from set pieces and he's been a, a pivotal part of what Hearts have managed to achieve uh, this season. Before I get to the midfield, honourable mentions for Dylan Levitt mm-hmm. at Dundee United. Some goal Hearts at the weekend. United, yeah. Mm-hmm. Connor Ronan um, yeah. at St Mirren. Yeah. I think Callum Hendry has had a real good second half of the season um, at St Johnston as well. Callum McGregor all day long. Callum McGregor is my player of the year. Um Jordy Abel would have been there with 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 Tom Rogic um as well. Hatati was very, very, you know, right up there in my thoughts, even though only signed in January, but just not enough to get him in. And Regan uh, Charles Cook, Kyogo Furahashi and Alfredo Morelis, you can't argue um with that at all. So I don't know if I've given you a starting eleven, but uh, I think that's fourteen. No, but, yeah, uh, but yeah. I think I think that's yeah, where yeah. I would go. It's not far away. From the PFA team, it's not far away from from Craig. Fact, it, might be, it might be the same you know, actually um, as Craig's team. But um, yeah, it's it's been it's been uh, it's been good. And I don't know how we are for time. We're getting to end because I haven't mentioned it's my first time in the program. Just to say congratulations to Kilmarnock. Yes. To to Derek McInnes and to to Tony Doherty, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and to everybody at the club. Absolutely thrilled for them that they're going to be back in the the Premiership next season where they belong back where they should be absolutely um, and maybe still a bit of romance to come with our broth who are going to be second obviously which uh, they'll be in the playoffs yep. it could potentially be our broth against St Johnston maybe uh, to, for, a, for a place in the Premiership next season and uh, they would have a lot of people's support wouldn't they yeah. Rob? they would have a lot of people's support I mean I think we all get to a stage where you, you maybe have a, a second team or you know someone that you really sort of like get behind because of the way that the season's gone and I, don't know who wouldn't be behind our growth in terms of that Dick Campbell's done an amazing job. Unfortunately, Kilmarnock were too strong on, on Friday night there, uh, in particular the second half, and deserved the, the victory. And therefore, a huge congratulations to them. But our growth, what a story. Mm. Still could happen. And Mark, with that brilliant sense of uh, timing that you have, you've uh, linked us into the fact that Stephen McGinn is on the show tomorrow See, night, yeah. uh, who's, probably, st- who's probably still celebrating title win for Kilmarnock. Well, well done to everyone down at Killy. We're back with another. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Craig. We're back Thanks with another Go Ready Football show tomorrow live at five. There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota back 
backed by first class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10 year warranty. Including the all new iGo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.